welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today, before we get into it, I thought we'd start off with a little pop quiz as I was thinking about this topic. So I'm sure that you all will get this, but I want y'all to tell me from what movie this line is from. So the line is, face it, girls, I'm older and I have more insurance. Do y'all know what that's from? Fried Green Tomatoes? It is. Nice. <laughs> is it Tawanda? Tawanda. Oh, I like yes. Tawanda. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I've been looking at the media to, you know, movies, entertainment and stuff to see how women are portrayed in this as we're diving into our new business, Badass Rebellion, focusing more on women in midlife and looking at midlife, menopause, that sort of thing. And, you know, I automatically remembered fried green tomatoes because that is a good portion of the movie, Kathy Bates character. And that scene in particular, when she is in the parking lot and these younger women kind of snag her parking space and then she sits there for a moment and she could, it looks like she's going to go for like one of two ways because she'd been pretty, you know, sort of like passive and people pleasing and stuff at the beginning of the movie. And then she sits there and you see her, the expression change and she just rams into their car several times and is having a good old time doing it. And then when they come out and they're like, you know, what's wrong with you? And she's like, haha, you know, that's fine. You may be younger and faster or whatever, but I'm older and I have more insurance. So good. <laughs> Such a good line. Which I love, you know, I just, I was like, oh, yes, this is the rage, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So for the two of you, we're all in this like perimenopause phase of life, midlife phase of life. What is the emotional climate here for you all? How have y'all been feeling lately? Changeable. It changes. <laughs> uh, Do I have to pick just one? <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. I celebrate, you know, the entire rainbow of emotions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I definitely, I am a person that I can get pretty angry. I mean, angry rage is not a, I mean, that's not a stranger to me. But I do feel like there's some intensity and emotion around this period. Whether that's because there are like some intense situations, like yeah. raising teenagers is is an intense situation. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that also just kind of my mental state of not necessarily being, I don't know, as much as caught in people pleasing and things like that, that I'm like a little bit more likely to express how I really feel and be more direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Lucy? Yeah. Like a mix of feelings. And there's definitely a lot of like irritability, mm-hmm. like irritable, kind of on edge, snippy. Mm-hmm. I'm most likely to rage with my my family, right? Particularly like my husband and kids. Like I don't tend to rage much outside of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very circumscribed where it like comes out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I think just like the brain fog we talked about last session, like a lot of that. So kind of like ditzy and then like exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me, I feel like the irritability, anger, and rage even from time to time is has been the predominant Mm -hmm. (laughs) thing probably (laughs) over the last month, maybe or so where just little bitty things get under my skin. And then it doesn't take much for me to go from, you know, like zero to 10. Even my sister has made the comment lately, like you're a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, and not that I'm like out like assaulting people or like damaging <laughs> property. Cars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ramming into people. Yeah, yes. exactly. Not not that, but just that, like you were saying, Avery. There's a lot more directness. I mean, and I don't ever feel like I've been sort of a indirect kind of person. I feel like I'm pretty direct most of the time, but I think there's a directness with a certain like assertive tone, mm -hmm. you know, with it that has been coming out more, more and more. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this. You're talking about rage and then you're talking about being direct. Mm -hmm. So where do we sometimes confuse or like if women are direct they can be perceived as angry or bitchy, right? right? There mm -hmm. can be some judgment there versus just plain old good direct assertiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, I think that there are plenty of times that women, either myself, people in my life, clients are really just being direct and honest and get, you know, called bitchy or mean or, ang Oh my gosh, angry or hormonal. Right. Like, I mean, that's kind of like a bad term. Oh, you're so hormonal. You're like, emotions are so big. And you know what it is with that? It's almost like I don't need to even pay attention to what you're Correct. saying right, right. because you're hormonal. So I'm, I'm just going to put it in this bucket mm. over there and like kind of ignore it and write right. it off. That's what it is. I don't That's like about it is. that I don't like about that. Exactly. Uh -huh. yep. And it's like, yeah, I am angry and- And hormonal. And hormonal, but that doesn't make me actually less angry. Like it doesn't, or, and it also doesn't mean that I don't have- a reason to be angry. I right. mean, I think that that's where it gets all blurry with the direct. It's like, are you being direct because you're just hormonal and angry for no reason? Or are you being direct because like there is a reason you're upset and you're trying to communicate that. And I know for me, like when I am in this place of like very angry and, and like rageful for me, a lot of times it's more internal, like my internal dialogue, you know, if I step mm. back and reflect, it's like, Ooh, okay. That was, that was kind of angry, like, or, or sort of like a rageful, maybe overreaction to something versus when I am being direct. Yes, I may have a firmer tone to it, you know, if I'm irritable or whatever, but yeah, it's just, for me, it's a, it's a little bit different. And again, that's just my own experience. I don't know how other people experience that, but yeah, there definitely, that's a good point, Lucy. There's, a, there's definitely a difference I feel between, you know, being rageful and sometimes the message when we're in that spot can get lost. And I think that we can be dismissed because of, you know, our, our hormones, which it is that, like you were saying, Avery, I mean, it definitely doesn't help <laughs> if somebody says, Oh, you're just being hormonal. Well, that's not going to get me to no. calm down. No, it is not. Yeah. Rage is like the underlying <laughs> feeling, the anger. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like completely is, is dismissive and invalidating and it's just people not paying attention to yes. Like what it it is that you're angry about, like that there can be validity. So if you take nothing else away from this podcast, anyone that may be listening is maybe let's not use that expression. And I'm thinking with like our teenage daughters. Yeah. Yes, to with our, your, to with our yeah. friends, with your significant others, yes. right? Like, oh, you're just so hormonal. Maybe right. we should just not say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I agree. Especially not as a way to discount. I mean, I think, yeah, with your teenagers, it may be instructive of, hey, you know, this may be related if you're feeling a little tearful and you think that there's something wrong with you and you're like going crazy. It actually may be related to hormones. That feels different. The way but you that just feels said different. That. <laughs> More of like instructive of like, hey, this is valid. And it could be that there's a fluctuation that's making you feel on edge. Feels more instructive versus like, oh, dismiss 
The, the, no, that's really real. We don't have to listen to you because you're just hormonal. Like, like insightful. Feels, like, let's yeah. put the pieces together and really understand what's going yes. on. And versus, that more, versus discounting. Right, right. And that more instructive approach, it like leads the way to open a conversation uh-huh. versus when you say like, oh, you're just hormonal, just completely shuts exactly. it down. Exactly. that door exactly. shut. Yeah, yes. uh-huh. completely shuts it down. So yep. I agree with uh-huh. you, Lacey. Like, I think we should just mm-hmm. sort of take and that also, phrase like, out. Are you just say, nobody way. knows what's going on in my body hormonally. I mean, like, yeah, because yeah, but don't we all always have hormonal yeah, hormones yes, yes, all right. the time? Yeah, yes. All the time. Yeah, in that like how body works. Yes, they 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 run range right now. They run a lot of the show. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that is yeah, just for everybody. It, it is uh-huh. what it is. So I mean, I think if we would talk more generally just about women and anger, like what are your thoughts on that about sort of the messages that we receive about women being angry or what we should do with that emotion, if anything? So I don't think I have had, I'm trying to think of the right word, because I, I think I was somehow taught, not directly, but that my anger needed to be kind of like tucked away, mm-hmm. right? And I think somehow I got the message that like being pleasing, like people pleasing and anger feel like kind of on mm-hmm. like diametrically opposed. I know yeah. they're not, but for some reason they kind of do feel like the sense, mm-hmm. like I can be nice and pleasing or mm-hmm. I could like let my anger out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I feel like there's yes. this message to be nice and like anger. I don't know. Anger doesn't fit with yeah. that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And almost like a little bit of like, it's to be feared. Like there's yes. something scary about anger. Like there's something scary, I think, as women for people to be angry because that can feel like. Yes, like, like a, a threat. A threat. And so like, I think as a woman, and again, I'm not sure where I got this message. I mean, probably like dealer's choice is probably everywhere, but that both other people's anger is to be feared because it could mm-hmm. cause you like bodily harm, but also like your anger is to be feared. Like there's really not... And I do think of of all the emotions, like anger is one that it's a power kind of emotion. Like you, you feel, I feel mo- like more in power, more in control when I feel angry versus like scared, where I feel totally like kind of sometimes like out of control without power. And I, I do, I, th- I wonder if there is like a little patriarchal thread through that of why we've been kind of taught in some way, or or it's been modeled for us in some way that anger should be avoided, especially as women. And the danger, so when you said bodily harm, I think that can definitely come up. But I think there's also this fear with anger in terms of like relational harm, like a mm-hmm. rupture or like, like a rejection mm-hmm. or a rejection. Like if someone's angry at me, maybe they don't like me. Maybe they don't want to be my friend. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this lost rejection. Well, and you think even too, like totally, totally like sexist lines. I don't know that there is an after school special or a high school movie out there that like boys don't solve their problems with like a little fist fight, but girls start rumors. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like boys, it's like in and out and you get angry and you fight it out and then it's over. Yeah. And girls are like much more like insidious about and it. And it goes on and on. And it goes on and on and on. And I'm like, yeah, those aren't really great models of like either one physical violence or, you know, psychological violence. So, I mean, those aren't really great ways to like cope with anger. And so there you have this yeah. distinction between like anger, the feeling yeah. versus the expression. Anger, what yeah. we do with it. And maybe because we're, we're not really taught what to do with yeah, it or how exactly. to hold it, that it just comes out sideways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I mean, I can't really think of either personally or it's just not coming to me. Hello, brain fog. But, you know, thinking about like models of, People who are able to take their anger and challenge it, not mm-hmm. challenge it, channel it. That's the word. Appropriately. 
you know, and I just noticed while ago, Avery, when you were like describing the two different emotions, like when you were talking about anger and it feel more empowering, like mm-hmm. even your body presentation, like you were like more, you know, up and I don't know, not closed inward. Mm-hmm. But when you were talking about anxiety and fear, like even your shoulders kind of slumped yeah. a little bit and you shrunk. And, yeah, you shrunk. did. You shrunk. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the things is that anger, it takes up space, you know, For it sure. takes up that's space. And, and sometimes people are, can be very uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that either just personally from their own reflection or like if they're witnessing it, you mm-hmm. know, or, or on the receiving end of it, you know, mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning of this podcast, my sister, like she has witnessed me, you know, get pretty angry about it. I even left a Marco Polo which is another app that I use to communicate with some friends who live out of of state. And I was pretty angry in this Marco Polo. And one of the women left me a a Voxer message last night and said, I absolutely loved your latest or left me a Marco Polo, whatever it is. I absolutely loved your latest one. It was like so raw and so open and you were just being like so authentic Mm -hmm. because there was not much of a filter with what I, with what I left her. But for some people that can make them, you know, really uncomfortable. Well, I wonder if sometimes it's easier to hear anger about a third party. My guess is mm. you weren't angry with her exactly. or anyone you were leaving this true. message to, which mm-hmm. sometimes I think makes it easier to like hold and, and bear witness to it. But when it's about us, mm-hmm. it can feel more threatening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the contributing factors to this shift in midlife from, you know, maybe where we're so maybe more, I don't know calmer or more accepting or maybe more people pleasing or whatever in our earlier years, but shifting now maybe to, I don't know, less of a filter, maybe more in that angry space. So my guess is hormones play a role. Does anyone know the like exact mechanism of hormones? Well, estrogen is uh, a big player. responsible for everything. I know, that little bitch is just (laughs) taking some time off during this phase of life. Yeah, I mean, estrogen controls a lot of different things for us. For women, it controls how much serotonin is being produced in our brain. And serotonin is a neurotransmitter that helps us regulate our mood. And so if you're producing less estrogen, you're producing less serotonin. And then that can affect like how good you feel, how optimistic you feel, how calm you can feel, that sort of thing. And then other neurotransmitters, serotonin is not the only one. There are some other ones like dopamine and norepinephrine and all of those can affect your mood as well. So it makes it more difficult to kind of cope with all the different changes that are going on if your neurotransmitters are having a different kind of party than what you're used to. And those are the neurotransmitters that are often involved with like depression and anxiety, yes. right? And so a lot mm-hmm. of our psychiatric medications that our clients might be taking work on those systems. Yeah, absolutely. And they affect, you know, all the physical stuff that happens during menopause too. So we just did a last podcast on brain fog, definitely affects that. It affects sleep. It affects like your body temperature and and all of those sorts of things. So when you've got all of these other physical things going on, as well as the cognitive changes, it can be very frustrating. Yeah, that's pretty irritating too. <laughs> if you haven't slept. Right, if you're, you're not hot, slept and you're hot and sweaty. And you yeah. can't remember anything, that's going <laughs> to yeah. put you a little on edge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what other things contribute? So it's not just hormones. Yes, they are, are a player, but we want to acknowledge there are other things too during this phase of life. Absolutely. And I, I think for me, I mean, I remember it was a really like marked moment when I turned 40 years old. And I kind of just realized, like I had this deep realization that like 
I'm never going to be this young again, which of course is true every day of our lives, but like it really came (laughs) clear, like I'm never going to be this young, this healthy, this whatever. And like, I do not need to be living my life for other people. Like I need to do what I want to do, what I need to do. And I, I kind of started getting to that, like a little bit of like, I'm too old for this shit. Like, I just not going to deal with whatever this is. And, and whether you want to call it boundaries or whether it's, it was just more like, I mean, I don't even feel like it was a midlife crisis. It was like this midlife awakening of like, okay, Avery, like you have some healthy years left. Yes. But like, let's make use out of them. Like, let's not just assume that everything's going to just keep being fine. Like, let's do what we need to do. But it felt very meaningful that 40th birthday. Listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about some of this, but explaining it where even biologically in our years, like up to midlife, like we are wired somewhat more for like mothering and caretaking. Mm -hmm. And then some of these shifts that start to happen with our wiring, with our life stage, like kind of free you up to like no longer have to mother. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. that this filter like start starts to disappear, like Mm -hmm. become (laughs) what do we call it? Like the filter's more porous. I don't know like what Uh expression we would use, but that we don't have as much of a filter anymore. Many people. And they there's less like desire to people please or make everyone else happy, which in some ways is very freeing. Mm -hmm. It does. It feels like you can you have more choice almost in how you Mm -hmm. want to respond. And that's the way that it it is definitely, you know, felt for me. You know, I think other other pieces of it, obviously, like besides the hormones and such, you know, are are things like all the different things that we're faced with in midlife, which we kind of touched on a little bit on during the the last podcast. But, you know, things like all of the major stressors that we have going on in, in midlife with being, you know, part of the the sandwich generation, at least I am, the three of us are, where we've got, you know, preteens and teens and folks in the next few years that are going to be going off to college, that sort of thing. And also, too, we have parents that are are aging. And so when you're getting stressors from both ends, that's a lot. And I think that even more so than than the hormones, the, you know, issues with all the different changes like relationships, maybe a change in job, changing roles with your kids, those sorts of things. That stress is a big contributor. It's not like they're two separate things with your hormones. They've got they both affect one another. I mean, stress can absolutely we all know stress can affect your body. It affects your hormones and vice versa. So it's not like we can sort of arbitrarily kind of like pair them out. It it fits all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are there certain particular things that get under your skin or is it just, (laughs) are are there certain particular things like this phase of life that get under your skin or is it just depends on the day or do you notice like little things? I mean, for me, it's, I can tell like when I'm in an irritable mood and it just, you know, it could be like the guy revving his engine behind me in the Starbucks line. And then I have a whole litany of things that I say in my head about that or like the girls behind me, you know, at Sephora, like standing way too much in my personal space and speaking so loudly that everybody in the world can hear their (laughs) conversation, which I don't know if that was their intent or not, but it felt like it. I'm like, oh, you know, or it could just be, you know, whatever, like me being frustrated with trying to get my daughter to understand an algebra, you know, concept. I mean, it's it. You know, the, yeah. the funny part with that, Jamie, as I hear you speak, is that some of those things like 
this is how variable the time is. Like there are moments where some of those things may get on my everlasting nerve and you want to explode. And then there's sometimes where I might be like, that's hilarious. Like listen to their conversation. (laughs) There's sometimes where I don't even notice, right? That the response can be so varied to like the same stimulus depending on what's happening. Exactly. Totally. Totally. I completely agree. Cause I, I think there is this like, I don't know if it's frustration, but I, I think what what makes me the most upset now is that I feel like I have some new perspective on some things, on different things. And when people aren't behaving in a way that makes sense to me, and whether that's because I'm really irritable and angry and not giving people, not being very like generous of spirit and not giving people a break, or because they're actually not doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. But like, I definitely could identify with, with, I think sometimes it's like a meme about older people of like, you know, get off my lawn, but there, there is this like, oh my God, just do what you're supposed to do. Like this should work better. Like do this the way that makes sense. And you're like, you either are or you're not. Yeah. And I've always been of like, it's my way or the wrong way. Like I, I can own that, but like, it's not better. Yeah. The older I get. Well, Avery, it's funny because when, when you just asked that question, Jamie, of like, okay, do you notice something? And I was like, I think one thread I see, it's like there's this touch of like justice piece, like this yes. righteous yes. indignation around mm-hmm. like people not doing their jobs yes. right. Like yeah. anything from like the trash people who come and collect the trash and recycling, like uh-huh. they're all lined on the sidewalks without, I want to take a picture and send it to people. Like before they come, everything's on the sidewalk. Afterwards, their cans like on the ground or in the street. Uh-huh. I'm like, do yeah. you have one fucking job? Just put it back yes. yeah. where it belongs. That's it. <laughs> But like the way companies might be run or like people you're interacting with where you're like, really? Yeah. It yes. does not need to be this difficult. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, like, yeah, yeah, I have that. And I, I think I, I wrote about that in the notes for today. There's like this, again, I, I relate a lot of things to movies and stuff that kind of amuses me. And there's a scene in Jerry Maguire where Tom Hanks is not Tom Hanks. Jesus Christ, Jamie Cruz. <laughs> Tom Cruise is talking to Cuba Gooding Jr. It's like this, sh- this shower scene where he's trying to get him to just focus on playing the game instead of how all of these injustices are being done to him. And he's trying his best. And he's just like pleading with him in this angry yet like powerless tone. Help me, help me help you. Yeah. Like he says that over and over and <laughs> I'm like, I feel you, Jerry. I feel you. Like, that is exactly how I feel. Like, there's this sort of, like, lack of control, powerlessness, sense of anger and rage that comes from, like, you see what the solution is, and people are just not doing it. perceived incompetence. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that probably more than anything over the past month has been, like, really getting under my skin. Or a little bit of like helplessness can trigger something the same in me. Like when my kid, like I can't do it or no, it's not going to work. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just be empowered to like yes. take responsibility? And mm-hmm. yes, that for me lately, you know, it mm-hmm. ha- is what gets under my skin probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, especially when I'm dealing with adults, like, can we all be adults? Can we all mm-hmm. take care of our own mm-hmm. stuff, please? Is that, can we mm-hmm. do that? Please, mm-hmm. please, please. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's like mm-hmm. a, a big one for me. Well, it's interesting because that kind of ca- ties back to this caretaking piece that yes. maybe mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm done caretaking everyone. Ooh, interesting. Right? And yes. like, yeah. you need to like take care of yourself. Like uh, everyone take care of their uh-huh. own selves. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. And also too, like I feel like there's a like resentment that can kind of come in as well, you know, with that where you're like, okay, I've done enough <laughs> like throughout all of these years like when are you gonna hop on board uh-huh. and take care of your own needs yes I feel like resentment and rage are best buddies yeah they are yeah uh-huh. really yeah. good friends they are yeah. good pals yeah. yes yes i agree so 
how do other people react when they notice that you're like people in your, your circle, friends, family members, whoever, when they notice like that you're on edge, what do they say? What do they do? Are they supportive? Do they run and take cover? What happens? You know, my older daughter's pretty like intuitive. So I think she can kind of like read and then she tries to be like really sweet. It's mm-hmm. okay. Like, like there's a bit of like her caretaking that comes mm-hmm. in. I think sometimes my husband can be like really understanding and kind. And then sometimes yeah. <laughs> sometimes he's like, oh my God, enough. Like yeah. 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 you were raging. Uh, <laughs> done. I'm not going to be the the like dog that you kick. What's that yeah. like yeah. whole uh-huh. idea? Displacement. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that. I mean, Wesley, my child, if, if she were, if were here, she would say, Wes, my mom has big feelings. I do. I mean, my, I've got big, you both know this. My feelings are big, but they're also a little bit of like a flash fire. Like if I'm rageful, I mean, I can yell and scream and I can like even like slam my fists on a table if I'm really you know going, but then it's over. The fire goes out pretty quickly. And I think with me and John, one thing that makes John the most angry is when I'm angry which doesn't usually go well, but we've got a system now. But like, so when I get angry like that, I think a lot of times John's first reaction is to get angry back, which makes sense because he's a lot about fairness. And I think especially when I'm angry, it doesn't feel fair. Like when you're angry with him or angry about something, what if you're angry about? If I'm angry at something else, he'll usually join with me. That's fine. But if, or, or sometimes he'll say like, hang on, let's just, (laughs) whoa. But I think when, when I'm angry at him, he will oftentimes, I think one, because he really wants to make me happy, which is really nice. And when I'm not happy, he feels uncomfortable. And then if it feels like I'm being unfair, that's a big deal for John. And so sometimes that gets us off track. But now that we've gotten older, I mean, I think we're really, we're able to kind of do the little dance more. But Wesley is the same. I mean, as it sounds like Addison is, that if they're if they're picking up on something that's a little off, you know, we'll come home and there'll be some room cleaning happening or some like, Hey mom, can we take care of you? Which is very sweet and very kind, but I think they're intuitive. Yeah. I think I'm a simmer and a seether. Okay. (laughs) Like with my, with my anger. And I think you can probably just sort of see like Uh some kind of aura around Uh me. Like you can kind of feel it. I think when I'm in that, Mm -hmm. that space and I think my kids are like, Oh, Okay. Bye. Like they'll, they'll like take off or whatever. But I've I've gotten so much better these days saying like, you know, I'm really irritable. Mm-hmm. Like give me an hour or give me some space so that I can tend to myself and then we can hang out or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Jamie, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking that it tends to go better. Like if I can name my anger and like own it a little bit, Mm -hmm. it tends to go better for everyone. So if I can say I'm totally irritable or I'm so on edge or I like whatever it may be, like it just goes better. Exactly. And a lot of times I can even one, when I say that I feel better because I'm not trying to cover. And a lot of times I can, especially because John and Wesley are very tuned in and don't want me to be mad at them. I mean, who does want people to be mad at them? <laughs> yeah. But they really do want me to be happy. They're yeah. very sweet and very supportive. And so I found that if I can say, hey, guys, either I can say I'm angry about this and that has nothing to do with you or I'm angry, but you've done nothing wrong. I'm not angry at you. Everybody just takes a deep breath and it's like, OK, now we can all be on the same team. Like, how can we help mom feel better versus like, do we need to get defensive or, you know, step lightly or do all these things that might kind of be annoying if you're like, just like, oh, my God, like, just let me focus on what I'm trying to figure out. So it does help, I think, to let people in that, hey, I'm either I do know why and it's nothing to do with you or I don't know why. And I'm trying to think yeah. about it. 
to kind of let it simmer through. And yeah, I think that's, which is great. So we're, we're already like jumping in and I'm looking at the time so we can go ahead and go here. (laughs) But you know, since this is, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic is because I mean, one, it's been something that I've been noticing and going through lately. And two, I want to, you know, normalize it, that this is a very common thing that, that can happen in midlife. And, if you've been more of a people pleaser or someone who didn't readily express, you know, what was going on with you internally to other people, it may come as a surprise, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it may be like feel like whiplash sometimes mm-hmm. with some of the folks around you. So I think like the first thing, you know, when we're thinking about, well, how do we manage this better? I mean, we don't want to be like running into people's cars in the parking lot, <laughs> you know, and that's how we manage our anger. Obviously not. But I think like what we're talking about right here is the first thing is that we need to figure out what's going on with us. Like, how are we feeling internally? And then can we name it? And can we be compassionate around it? That this is typical. It's normal. We have a lot going on in midlife. Some of it, yes, is hormonal. Some of it, though, may be relational, external stressors, all of those kinds of things and we're not going to be here forever you know emotions come in waves i like that analogy and so mm-hmm. we're irritable now we may not be irritable 30 minutes right. from now it's all right second what are some of the things you know when we're angry when we're on edge what we really need is to be sort of comforted and soothed in any way that you know how what are some things that y'all do to soothe yourself help you calm down help you relax a little bit I did this more during COVID, although I've done this other times. Like when I really need to calm down, I will take a shower. I will get out. I will close the doors of my bedroom and let people know that I need a minute. I will put on a face mask literally and like lay down on my bed and just let the face mask kind of work in and I'll set my alarm and just kind of lay down and just take a break. And that really does help. It makes me feel like I'm taking care of myself. It gives me a little time alone to kind of take some deep breaths, maybe reflect, maybe not. But I like to be alone. Another one is I like to go for a walk by myself and listen to music. But just having, kind of being aware, like, I'm not really available for, like, public consumption right now. Like, I probably need to, like, give myself a little time out is really help. And that also helps me to, like, not say something I don't mean or create another argument when I'm already mad. You know what I mean? It kind of just helps me to, like, settle down. Mm -hmm. What about you guys? I like to meditate. Yeah. Sometimes that's a nice cue for me that I need a little bit of like stillness and to try mm-hmm. to like see. And for me, sometimes meditating is helpful. Like how do I even start to name what this is? Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling something, but how do I let myself tune in? Sometimes movement can be helpful. And then sometimes just going to sleep, like, especially if it's the end of the day. Like I just need to go to bed and like start again tomorrow. Yeah. And I would say similar, like to be able to name it, to carve out space for myself in whatever kind of way that I can movement a lot of times and just depending on what I need it may be like a more vigorous sort of exercise like running and sometimes it may be more like you know slow flow yoga or something like that so just paying attention to what I need in the moment is Mm -hmm. helpful and then yeah and sometimes anger like is there to prompt me to do something something. like I need to Mm -hmm. send an email to someone I need to have a conversation Mm -hmm. I need to let you know you need to take action in some way yeah and you know that's really the big purpose of anger is that when we are feeling angry, a lot of times there is some sort of desire, wish, unmet need, injustice, imbalance, something action. like that. Yeah. that we, we need to be able to do something. Yeah. I mean, and it may not be the most effective thing to like do it right there in the moment at the height right. of our anger. Usually we need to take a little bit of time reflection to do something, mm-hmm. but it usually always points us in a direction of there's something that needs to be done that we're not getting. 
And then lastly, we've kind of you know, alluded to it already. The social support piece, I feel, is, is very important to be able to talk to other people who are going to be understanding of what's going on and who aren't going to be dismissive mm-hmm. or offer like really, you know, brief surface level sorts of solutions or, or things like that. Because most of the time when we're angry, we need to be heard. We need to be validated, not dismissed, and definitely not, you know, blamed when we're in that state. Anything else that y'all would add? Oh, thanks, Jamie. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. So what are we talking about next time? Well, we're going to talk about some of the good things that come in midlife. I think midlife can get kind of a bad rap because there is a lot of stuff that happens that's kind of negative, but we're going to talk about some of the positive side. Awesome. We hope you join us. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Thank you.